Welcome to all of you who come. Welcome, Bethel AME. Thank you for being here. Welcome, Noblesville First. Thank you for being here. Together, we're going to worship and give praise yeah. to God yeah. and experience the unity, yeah. the miracle that Christ creates yeah. as we come together. This time, I'd like to invite you to share a call to worship. So I'll share a phrase. You repeat after me. I'll say another phrase. And that's how we'll do it today since we're not handing out bulletins. We give thanks to God. We give thanks to God. For all of God's gifts. For all of God's gifts. We sing praises. We sing praises. For all that God has done. For all that God has done. We seek God's presence. We seek God's presence. And remember God's blessings. And remember God's blessings. We will glorify God forever. We will glorify God forever. Amen. Amen. Amanda? Yep, sorry. Amanda's going to come up here. She's got some motions that she's going to walk us through real quick. Um, so if you all would stand with us for this next song if you're able. Um, and uh, we're going to turn it over to Amanda. She's going <laughs> to give us some motions here for at least a chorus, I think. You probably got it, right? So here we go. <laughs> Sweet pray, until I will. 
opportunity to be better today than what we were on yesterday. We thank you that even in the midst of this COVID-19 epidemic, we have gathered here to today collectively and in unity and harmony to give you all praise and glory, to declare on this day that you are indeed King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, we are in need of a healing of this land not just from this epidemic, but from social and racial injustice that after so many years has raised its ugly head and continues to plague our country. Your holy word says that if my people who are called by my name mm -hmm. will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Enter now, Holy Spirit, into this service, into our hearts and our souls, so that we as a congregation will get it right, that we as your ambassadors might tell a people in trouble to get it right, so that there might be a healing of this land. Yes, Lord. Bless now this worship service, and bless the ones who will deliver your sacred word, and may this service be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Galatians, the third chapter, verses 26 through 28. For ye are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 
For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his most blessed words. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. We only have one announcement for Bethel members this morning. Um, as you all know, because of COVID-19, annual conference will not be in person. Therefore, everyone who would like to attend has to register online. In order to register, go to the 4th District website. You will see a banner that says register now. Click on it and register for conference. You will have to register separately for each section of conference that you would like to attend. So for instance, if you want to go to the WMS service as well as the general session, you will have to click on each of those. I see um, some of our parents with kids here as well. You will also have to register your children for the YPD section and you will have to register each of them separately. If you have any questions, let myself or Teresa know, and we can walk you through the registration process. Good morning. Good morning. Just a couple announcements real quick for Noblesville first. Uh, our confirmation service is actually right here where you're sitting today at 2 o'clock. If you'd like to join us for that in welcoming our new confirmands as members of our church, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, our Teeter Farm to Table. Teeter is the farm that you're sitting in right now. We're having a fundraiser for them using their own produce as a farm to table dinner. Uh, the tickets for the September 11th meal are on sale now. There's a limited number of in-person tickets for social distancing, but you can also get tickets for to-go to help support this wonderful ministry to end food insecurity in Hamilton County. We also have our crop walk coming up, which is another way that we help fight hunger. It is an, a virtual walk this year, which means we're hoping you'll sign up to be a walker and walk wherever you are and take donations to help fight food insecurity around the world. And finally, we are starting a new series next week, or in two weeks, excuse me, called Be the Bridge that Jerry and Pastor Mindy are going to be talking about today. If you'd like to join us in studying for that series, there is a book called Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation. We'll have a couple copies available at the church or you can buy it on your own from any of your favorite book retailers. And we hope that you will do that and join us in our three-week series in September for that study. As we enter into a time to contemplate our offering, we, which is available in a lot of different ways, we have two different baskets on the way out, depending on which church you're a part of. If you'd like to participate in that offering, we certainly invite you to do so. Will you join me in a prayer of blessing? Father God, as we come before you today in awe, again, of your creation that surrounds us in sounds, in smells, in sights, in touch, God, we ask that you would also then just give us fullness, that you would fill us with your love and your power and your heart for the lost, for the world 
that is trying to find its way back to you. God, as we celebrate you this morning in praise and worship and scripture, we ask that we would continue to praise you in our lives as we leave this place with our gifts, with our lives. We ask that you bless this offering of our gifts and our tithes, that it would be used for your kingdom and your kingdom alone. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I am Pastor Jill, one of the pastors in Noblesville First, and glad to see so many faces this morning. I am going to do the children's sermon now, and if you are of that age or young at heart, either one, if you could, I'm going to share a book with you this morning, so if you wouldn't mind just coming a little closer, I'm going to keep my mask on, so I want you all to see some of the pictures. So if you are coming up for the children's sermon, I'll give you a moment to come this way. There are a few benches up here as well. Anybody? Anybody? Got some? All right, good. This book is called A Church for All, and I think that it's so special for this morning as we gather together of of different churches, but one God, one in Christ Jesus. And so what a beautiful morning it is. Sunday Waking. They're making breakfast. Day is breaking. Friends walking to church together. Let's go to our church for all. Church bells ringing, joyful noises. You'll notice in each of these pictures there are people of all ages, colors, abilities, cultures. <coughs> Choir singing, laughing voices. Some of these things we're missing right now, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Candles glowing, banners flowing. Come enter our church for all. Here you have different families coming in. Weak and healthy, neat and messy. Poor and wealthy, plain and dressy. My favorite one is the picture of the guy with the rainbow mohawk in this one. Love it. All embracing, spirit gracing. We're all in church together here, worshiping. Each one at our church for all. Bodies wiggling, mommies reading. Children giggling, daddies pleading. <laughs> Parents, we've all been there. Hands receiving, hands connecting. Something we're missing right now as well. 
hearts believing, hearts accepting. And they're all praying in each their own way. Feel the spirit? Can you hear it? It's here at our church for all. And that's the end of the book. Simple, but so very powerful as we come together as people of all ages, races, backgrounds, abilities, genders. We're all unique in our own way. And how beautiful it is that we can come together in this place Despite COVID-19, right, we're so often separated from one another. But here we are together today, all one in Christ Jesus. So I want you all to know, adults and children, how beautiful it is to be a church for all. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for miracles that can happen when we come together as a community. It doesn't matter where we've come from, who we are, what we look like, where we're going. But God, we keep you at the center of it all. We are and will be the church. So Lord, we come today of, of all ages and the children are here gathered and we give you thanks for their loving hearts. And we ask that you would bless them. We ask this all and so much more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Miss Ellie is here if you would like to go with her for the rest of the service. She has some fun activities planned, or you can remain with your families. It's up to you. But feel free to go with Ellie now as we send the children to their own church.
Thank you very much. I've been here five years plus, and this is the largest crowd we've ever had out of Peter. We've got to count about 250, so this is awesome, which tells me that there's a lot of people that want racial reconciliation. And I think the best way to do it is through, through relationship. We have to get to know one another. You know, this research tells us that the average white, there's 75% of white people in this country do not have one person of color that they can claim as a friend. So this is one way that we can uh, try to reduce those percentages. I want to thank also Pastor Minnie Mays for this idea, because we've been working together. Pastor uh, <clears throat> Mallory Terrence had shared with me a long time ago about trying to get the Martin Luther King service up and going uh, in new ways, powerful ways, and we've done that well. And then Pastor Minnie Mays said, we need to do more than just that. We've got to get together more than once a year. So that's how this idea came to be, and we hope that more things will come. So continue to share your hearts as we work for that here in Noblesville. Well, you've heard the scripture shared. Let me just remind you again that key phrase. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, this week I watched a video about colorblindness, and I learned a few things. The video showed people who were given a pair of glasses that incorporate, they call it, Enchroma technology. Now, you may not be aware, I wasn't aware, that uh, people with colorblindness are not truly or completely colorblind, but on average, they see between 10,000 and 100,000 different hues of color, which sounds like a lot. But the majority of us see somewhere between 1 million and 7 million of color. Most types of colorblindness occur when there's an excessive overlap of the green and red color cones in the eye, causing those distinct hues to become indistinguishable. And so as you watch this video, it's quite moving to have those people put up those glasses on and they filter out that overlapping, which allows them to see many more hues of color. Most of them were overwhelmed with emotion to see how vibrant the world was. Many had tears to realize the beauty of the world that they could not see before. Well, I find that a fitting metaphor for especially us white majority people and how we have viewed people of different races. It certainly describes well my personal journey as I tried to understand all the racial injustices that are now being exposed. We wanted to believe that we need a world where, there, where no one sees skin color. We yearn for a colorblind world, but what I now realize is that meant having a world where everyone acts like me and shares my values. The lesson of that video for me was that our world is better when we see and accept each other as we are with our differences. I grew up in Plainfield, Indiana, where we had a very small African-American population. Plainfield United Methodist Church, we had a relationship with the Bethel Amy Church there as well. I imagine you probably know some of those people. 
We even had a vacation Bible school that we shared together, at least some of my childhood, as I recall. I also remember that with the black students we had in our high school, that we felt very much connected because we were one of the schools in an area that had very few black students. And so often when we would go and play athletic contests at their schools, we would often get in fights because there would be racial slurs that were said at those games or by fans or by players, and we'd result in fights. The extra police were always called for, for our sporting events. But I remember one person in particular that was on our basketball team. Doug Freeland was his name. And Doug was somebody that everybody loved. He was fun to be around. I remember many times coming back from a ball game, we'd be cutting up, and Doug would become the center of attention because he was just great at telling jokes. He was incredible at impersonating the teachers of our yeah. school. <laughs> and for me, I remember that Doug just became Doug. I, I remember just not even thinking about him being black. He was just Doug. I was colorblind. And I celebrated that for a long time. Well, then we graduated from high school. I went to Indiana University my freshman year, and Doug Friedland happened to be at Indiana University as well, but I didn't see him for many months. It was into the second semester before I just happened to run, run across him because, of course, IU's got a big campus and lots of students. And oh my gosh, when I saw Doug, he had changed. His haircut was different. He was wearing different clothes clothes that were more reflective of his cultural roots. He was with some fellow black friends, and he didn't seem all that excited to see me. I was more excited to see him than he was me. And I'm thinking, what happened to Doug? Doug has changed. Well, I've never seen Doug again. I never really thought of Doug again until I was participating in a racial sensitivity training that's required of our pastors and our denominations every couple of years. It was 40 years later. It was 2015. I remember that training. And I have to admit, most of the time I resent those trainings. Any of you with me on that? But this one was a little different. Instead of walking us through some principles, some concepts, a leader got us just talking about our earliest experiences with people of other races. And it was in listening to others and then sharing my experience with Doug that I realized it dawned on me for the first time what was going on with Doug Freeland. You see, I quit thinking about Doug as black because Doug had worked incredibly hard to fit in with our suburban white middle class culture. He did such a good job of it that I could quit thinking about him being black. I was enabled to be colorblind because Doug worked overtime did come like us in every way he could. And then Doug went to college and he rediscovered who he was. He embraced his heritage and color of skin. Because living as a white in a white majority culture, I had the luxury of being colorblind. I didn't really see Doug. And I hope I get to see him again someday. Because now I think I'm really ready to see him. Well, sometimes people look at this passage from Galatians. There's neither, neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave or free. And they seem to suggest that it affirms the goal of colorblindness. 
It seems to suggest that our race, our religion, our gender, our position in society is of no consequence in the kingdom of God. But I think we miss the point that Paul's trying to make. And here's the problem. When we read this passage out of, it's out of its historical context, with our modern American eyes, where ethnic background is just an interesting trait, where women have much more power than they did then, where slavery is just a memory to most, we tend to gloss over these differences. Well, let me tell you, Jews of Paul's day were keenly aware of how different they were from Greeks. Jews were not allowed to eat with Gentiles, for it made them unclean. Women had no legal status in Jewish society. They were relegated to another room whenever people gathered. And slaves could be killed for any act of disobedience and were at the mercy, complete mercy of their owners. So you've got to re recognize these rigid boundaries to appreciate the miracle that faith that Jesus Christ accomplishes. Mm -hmm. Through our faith in Christ, these people whose status in society were at such different levels all became children of God. When the people of God gathered in the churches that Paul started, they were all in the same room. Each valued for the gifts, each offered to the body of Christ. So what I want to get across today that if we will all be enriched and will best achieve racial harmony when we begin to see color and acknowledge our differences, because to say, I don't see color is another way of saying, I don't see you. We need to see color so we can understand the history, the challenges from inequities, the injustices, as well as the gifts each person brings. We need to say black lives matter in this point in time because it's the necessary step in making sure all lives matter. Mm -hmm. so get an amen. Amen. The miracle of racial reconciliation will only come when we first see each other and realize the work we need to do to understand each other. Now, I hope you don't mind with the remaining words I have. I'm going to speak more directly to those of us with lighter color skin, okay? And I don't want to preach at you as much as I want to share what I have learned these last few months. In this time of racial unrest, it's moved me to take a closer look at myself and how systemic racism has influenced my judgment. See, I was a history major in college. I love history. But I've been stunned to discover in the last few months things that I had never heard before. Things that were not taught in my history lessons. Glossed over in those textbooks were how slaves were often bred like cattle and then sold off separating fathers and mothers from their children. We wonder why we have so many single-parent households. I learned about General Sherman's 40 acres of land and a mule given to newly freed men for the plantations of those who fought in the Confederate Army. But I don't recall much discussion on the fact that President Andrew Johnson overturned that first attempt at reparations in 1865 and gave it back to the very people who had declared war on the United States. I've listened to people complain about affirmative action programs and suggest that you don't solve racism by favoring any race over another, 
But then I read about the Homestead Act, which provided free and cheap land to white settlers, but in practice froze out almost all African Americans. Did you know that the number of adult adolescents of the original Homestead Act that are still living in the year 2000 number over 46 million? That many white Americans can trace their legacy of wealth was built upon a national policy that was not available to African Americans. And even when African Americans were able to overcome all the obstacles that had been placed before them to achieve some level of prosperity, it was frequently destroyed by white hostility, which we saw in the burning of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. We've seen it in the dominance of the KKK in northern states as well as the southern states, the Jim Crow laws and segregation that limited the possibilities for education. There's so much more we could talk about. But what's important for us to accept is that the inequities experienced by African Americans today have been built over several generations. It'll take generations of intentional work to solve. If we're going to see people of color, then we need to know our history. And it's not just their history, it is our history. If we truly believe there is no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, then we need to embrace a racial history and decide it is our responsibility to solve. And finally, we need to see each other by seeing the future we want our children, all of our children, to have. I caught the tail end of a conversation the other day among a group of white people about that recent controversy we had here in Noblesville where their dance troupe had performed a song from Hairspray that had some racially offensive references in it. And I heard one group, one person in that group said, they need to just get over it. They don't appreciate how far we have come. Now, there's a lot of things wrong with that statement, and it starts with the word they instead of we. But the comment made me think about the peaceful protest that we put together not too long ago. Peaceful protest for black lives, which came the week after the death of George Floyd. And I found the most moving part, there was a lot of great things about that experience. We had like, what, 1,500 people show up? Maybe? But to me, the star of that protest was Kennedy Winfrey. Mm -hmm. She was a 17-year-old high school student that was just about ready to graduate. She shared her fears about entering a world where tragedies like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery are still happening. She was the star because she was the voice of the future that we all want. And it made me think how ridiculous it was and it would be to tell that 17-year-old they just need to get over it. Why should she? She should not have to live in a world where there's one system of justice and opportunity for one group of people and another for people of color. We need to fix those inequities, and we need to do it now. And it all starts 
by each one of us caring enough to see one another, to see our racial history, and to see a future where there is no Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free. Pastor Mindy? said he hates to follow me. This morning, I'm a little nervous to follow him. <laughs> um, I want to first just thank Noblesville First for having Bethel at this lovely retreat center on today. And I want to thank Reverend Jerry for sharing his experiences as he's learned to build a bridge, as he's learned to have hope for a better future to come as he thinks about just get over it. You know, it's really funny. Um, if you follow the news this week, I guess it's not funny. There's another black man unarmed who's been killed by police. My mother told me his name and I was like, who is that? And what was interesting to me that it's happening so much that it's, it's just another day. How do we tell Kennedy to get over it when this is what she's seen in her generation? But okay. To the actual sermon, that was a aside. For me, there's something about hope and a better future. Since I've been pastoring at Bethel, one of my hopes was to fellowship and to worship with other Christians, especially in Noblesville. We live together, we go to school together, we work together. So why should we not worship together? Did you know that it is said that Sunday is one of the most segregated times in America? And, well, it is my belief that in 2020, this is just absolutely positively ridiculous. We should do things more often and, and more than just in January to celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I love the MLK service, but we have to do more. So I'm known to get in trouble because sometimes my mouth says absolutely everything that I'm thinking and sometimes in the wrong moments. <laughs> so as we had the MLK meeting and I'm the new pastor in town around the table of leadership in Noblesville, I shared, I really like this service. It's great. But what are we going to do after January? We've got to do this more often. We've got to do this more than once a year. And I can truly say that Reverend Jerry responded. We talked about possible gathering opportunities and, and we planned. And I looked so forward to inviting you guys to our cookout in the park that we have once a year. The food's amazing. And then COVID came along. So we weren't able to do that. And as Reverend Jerry and I were together recording a podcast on race for the Noblesville Diversity Coalition, we again talked about gathering, and both of our congregations were having outside services, so why not join together, safe, socially distanced, outside? And I promise you this story, my members already know, I always start with the story, but I promise you this story relates to what I'm going to share this morning. Our scripture, it's from the book of Galatians, and it's a Pauline epistle or a letter written to the people of Galatia. Paul wrote this letter to a, Greek, a group of people who were mostly Gentile Christians because they had some problems going on. They were dealing with some false teachings and they were dealing with some division between two groups of Christians. 
There were the Jewish Christians, and then there were the Gentile Christians. And, and in this book, as we see in many Pauline epistles, we see the importance of faith and unity. We see the importance of building a bridge and, and working together unified. For you see, the idea that Paul wanted to give to both the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians was they had to have a union. They had to share some time together. They may not all be the same. One may be African Methodist where the other one is United Methodist. But what they have in common is that they are united through Jesus Christ. All of the barriers that held them back all of the stuff that was, was going on to make them different, it had to be broken down. Social barriers had to be broken down. Ethical barriers had to be broken down. Racial barriers must be broken down. It's lots of barriers out there. Sexual barriers had to be broken down. My members hear me say very often in my sermons and in Bible studies and in conversations that all of these clarifications are clarifications that we ourselves have created. They don't exist in the spirit. I also often say that I'm not naive and I know that we live in a world where classifications will continue to exist. They'll exist from now until the end of time. But it's what we do with the classifications within this world. Reverend Jerry was correct when he said that people get this text wrong. They want this scripture to mean we live in a colorblind world. As Reverend Jerry said, there are those who believe this scripture suggests that our race and our religion and our gender and our positions in society are of no consequence to the kingdom of God. But it truly does miss the point of what Paul is trying to make. Yes, differences will exist. And yes, differences will always exist. However, we will not wake up one morning and all be male or female. We will not wake up one morning and all be black or white. We will not wake up one morning and all be millionaires. I'd love it if we did, but it won't happen. That's just not a reality. For you see, if, if we're all the same, I think we live in a pretty boring world. I love the differences that we bring. I love the cultures and the perspectives and the background that you get when you bring a group of people together, especially when you bring a group of diverse people together. And you see, through Christ Jesus, this is what happened with the Jews and the Gentiles. Groups of people, some once marginalized, they now had equal status. As Reverend Jerry said, through faith in Christ, these people whose status in society are at such different levels all became children of God. Their differences will still exist, yet in the body of Christ, they were one. Now, my members know that I love a good song, and if God came down tomorrow and asked me what talent I'd have, I'd say I want to be a songbird. But I can't sing, so I always read the words of the song. And there's a song that goes, we are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know 
that we are Christians by our love. Yes, they'll know that we are Christians by our love. But then it goes on to say, we will work together with each other. We will walk together side by side. We will work with each other. We will work and we will walk. We'll guard each man's dignity and save each man's pride. For they'll know that we are Christians by our love. By our love, they will know that we are Christians by our love. So my brothers and my sisters, today, together, Noblesville First and Bethel, we may be two different congregations, but I believe that we are one in the Spirit, that we are one in the Lord, and I believe that God is calling us together to walk together and to love together and to build a bridge together. God is calling us to, to reach out a hand for sometimes I may have to help you out, whereas there will be others that you may have to rely on me. And because we are one together in unity, thinking about the current social unrest within our society, we will see that yes, all lives matter, but as Christians, it is truly unified all lives cannot matter and we cannot truly be unified until black lives and brown lives and whatever group of people that are marginalized until their lives matter equally True. for in christ jesus we may not all look the same and we may not all sound the same and we may come from different backgrounds but the scripture tells us that we are one. So my brothers and my sisters, we have some work to do. We must work to build a bridge. Now the work, it will look different for each and every one of us. I can't tell you what the work will be for you. That's between you and God. But what I know is all of us have some work to do. And as Christians, if we're going to follow the example of Christ, we must reach out to those in the margins. We must speak out against injustices. We must do our part to make a difference in the world. So my brothers and my sisters, you can build a bridge. Today, we are building a bridge. Bethel and Noblesville first, worshiping together not just in January for the MLK service, but on a Sunday morning in the midst of a pandemic. We're together. Today, the statement Sunday is racially divided is just simply not true because together we are building a bridge and we are building hope for a better future to come. So as I end and as I think about this hope, and as I said earlier, yes, I know I remain naive. But I do believe that one day we will live in a world of unity. The one that Paul writes about and the one that Christ continues to call us to. One day the rest of the world can join together as Bethel and Noblesville first. 
And the reason that I say that I know I'm naive, because truly I'm not so sure if I'll see it in my generation. I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime. But Reverend Jerry talked about the future. Reverend Jerry talked about Kennedy and how she shared her heart at that rally. I, I continue to do this work but because I see a future. I, I do justice work not for myself, but for my nieces and my nephews and for their children and for their children's children. I, I do this work for the future. I have hope in this work because when I talk to my parents and, and when I talk to older generations, they, they tell me about how we have made some progress. So if we just keep working along the way to make some progress, somehow, some way, maybe just one day, we'll make it. But we still got work to do in the moment. We can't put it on the next generation. We've got work to do right now. So my brothers and my sisters, I wanna invite you to work with me to build a bridge. I wanna invite you to work with me to build a future of hope. I want you to work with me to build a life that's better to come. Together in unity, in 2020, or my 2020 rendition of the scripture, I love to rewrite the scripture. I don't take away from the scripture, but I just rewrite it in a 2020 context. So if I were writing the scripture, it would say, yes, we may be different, but in Christ Jesus, we are unified. In Christ Jesus, it does not matter if you are black or white. It does not matter if you are male or female. It does not matter what your socioeconomic, or socioeconomic status is. It does not matter where you have come from single parent household or two parent household from the down south in the country or up north or even the Midwest. It does not matter for all of these are qualifiers that we have created. And what matters instead is that you do the work. What matters is that you are unified together in Christ Jesus as one. In Bethel's tradition, and I am sure in Noblesville first, we always end our sermons with what we call an invitation to Christ. I think we're in luck today because we don't just have Bethel, but we also have First United, or excuse me, Noblesville first <laughs> together. We've got Pastor Jill and Pastor Jerry and Pastor Matt. And then from Bethel, there's Pastor Mallory and Reverend Marla and Reverend John and even our presiding elder, Samuel Sumner. So if I just called your name, if you could stand up so that the people can see who you are. They have work to do too. I didn't have them stand just because they're clergy. If for some reasons you have questions and, and you don't know this Jesus Christ that we talked about who calls us to live in unity, there are pastors all around standing that you can go and speak to. We'd love to share more about Jesus Christ with you. We'd love to share about the love of Christ because 
we want to make sure that no one leaves here not knowing our Savior. There is a scripture in Romans 10 and 9 that says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, that you too can and will be saved. So I just want to make sure that nobody leave here today not knowing our Savior. So if, if you want to have that conversation, just see one of the many people who are standing. And, and in our tradition, this invitation has a couple parts. The first are for those who don't know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at all. You guys are out here, so I'm going to believe that all of you know Christ Jesus. However, all of us have stuff that happens in our lives along the way where we may question or where we may not know. That's also okay. These people can also help you if, if for some reason you just feel like the Lord is not there. Please talk to them because I want you to know that God loves you and God sees you and God hears you. But a lot of times it is us who block out the Lord. So you can talk to them about that. And then lastly, if anyone needs a church home, we have two churches represented today. So you can see someone if you're interested in joining Noblesville first or if you are interested in joining Bethel. And then lastly, if anyone is just in the need of prayer, please, please see one of these people and we will safely and socially pray for you. This is the invitation on this morning. Draw you fill my 
Blessings of God Almighty be with you all. Let us go forth and be the people. Let the miracle that Christ wants to create, to bring reconciliation to Noblesville, to our state, to our country, to our world. May we work and all of us decide what's the one thing I need to do to make sure there is no Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free. Amen. Amen. Amen.